0: Hello, welcome, Rabbi. How are you?
1: I am doing well, thank God. How are you, Susan?
0: Fabulous. We're doing a Zoom, which I love, you know.
1: Oh, I know how much you love doing Zoom.
0: <laughs> I know. So, in these times of COVID, this is what we're up to. So, yeah. um, if anything happens, so be it.
1: So That's life. be it. It's the joy of pre recorded live TV. That's how we
0: Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh yeah i you know i've been zooming up a storm since the beginning of covid and i think people are just tired of it so but you know this is just par for the course i guess
0: yeah and um at least we can zoom
1: yeah absolutely and stay somewhat connected
0: absolutely and and the
1: beauty of this um you know when we come to the studio and i i see you i see uh, tommy and I see Michael, I see some other people who feel like, you know, we're talking to an intimate audience here. It's just the two of us and a virtual audience. And um, on one hand, it maybe feels like more intimate. It's just the two of us having a conversation. On the other hand, we can be more mindful of people that tune in all over the place. You know, the wonder of modern technology. So I just going to. So before we get started, let's just give a shout out to some of our fans all the way out in England. Oh, um, yeah, we have. Uh, we're like we're, we're international. Uh, uh, Zoom stars, I I guess. I told
0: you, I told you, you're so famous. Who is this person?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I want to say hi to Wendy Mm Bugs in the beautiful village of Chaimfers. I don't know how you pronounce it. Chaim sounds like a friend of mine named Chaim. Chaimfers in uh, East North Hamptonshire, England. Hopefully, I pronounced that like an American, uh, you know, and damaged all of those words, you know, as only us Americans can. Uh, but, and, and you uh, looked up her village, also, didn't you? I, I you know, Googled it, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. I saw these beautiful uh, uh, old uh, homes with like uh, wicker uh, roofs. They're really beautiful, so I have to go visit one day. But uh, I, I can't say I researched her; uh, that would be incorrect. No, <laughs>
0: no, not too much. Her hometown, <laughs> no. no. But but
1: I, you know, I hear a village named Chaim. You know, I'm very interested. That's. Uh, Chaim, of course, means life, and uh, I was disappointed to find that it was spelled with a G-H as opposed to a C-H-A-I, but again, that's, uh, okay. Okay,
0: well, hello, Wendy. Hi, Wendy,
1: and uh, <laughs> uh, we're sending uh, regards here from uh, Frigid, Miami.
0: Yes, I
1: know, it's so cold. like 60 something degrees. It's like, just feels like we're in the Arctic.
0: I know, I know. So let's get on with it. We only have a certain amount of time. Um, we're gonna to talk today about anger and judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, two very interesting subjects that we can all understand because we all get angry and we all judge. Oh,
1: um, so wait, what- that, co- I feel like that was an anger judgment. Um, um, Just know. now? Yeah, like, well, who gets angry and who judges? Come on now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As I'm doing now. <laughs> uh, so, So Rabbi, What causes anger?
1: Hmm. What causes anger? Well, what's the problem with anger? I guess, before we even get to what causes it, I mean, what's, what is anger? What, what causes anger? And is there anything wrong with being angry? Is there anything wrong with being angry? So let me ask you that question. Is there anything Um, wrong with being angry?
0: Well, that's a very good question because anger gets things moving and, and change. Like mm-hmm. when people get angry, change happens um, in our society, uh, personally, right or wrong. But but things you know move forward with anger, well, agitation.
1: Can- I think is what moves things along, right? Some tension and 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 being a little uncomfortable and agitated that that moves things along. But I think anger is maybe more. I, I mean, I, I your point I think is is a good one, and there's probably a place. You know, if we want to, I don't know if we want to talk philosophically we want to talk practically, right? So let, maybe we'll start practically and then we can go philosophically. So practically, though, there's no place for anger in our lives. Um, pr- practically, anger is—is um, is it live Zoom? That's what happens. Uh,
0: and you're in your home right, right now, down. so I know.
1: Anyway, um, yeah. the, um, the, the, the the there's no role that anger can play in our lives in a constructive way. Um, often, when people get angry, they lose control, right? But but it's the losing of control. So that's obviously a a, a problem with anger is that we should always be in control. We should never lose control. And uh, the question is why we lose control. We let the, that emotion and that feeling get so overwhelming that we um, that we then cede that control. Um, and that's and that's a problem. So we should always be as rational, intelligent individuals, we should always be in control of our our emotions and the reaction um, you know, or the expression of those emotions. And anger seems to be one of those things that becomes so consuming that um, either we allow ourselves to lose control, right? Or we stop thinking rationally and then and, and act out in an irrational way. So anger is, is a big problem. But but the reason anger is really I think uh, uh, um, has no place in or should have no place in our lives is, well, I guess this is going to be somewhat maybe practical, but also a little philosophical so maybe somewhere in the middle, um, is because wh- why do we get angry? What causes us to get angry? We get angry when uh, we, we have a certain expectation that things should go a certain way and yeah. they don't, right? Like So you said there's, you know, anger could be a, could be uh, the, the beginning of change because we're not happy with the way things are going. So things are not going the right way, we get angry, so therefore we change them, right? Okay, so that's, that's, that's good, but, but the feeling of anger comes when I have a certain expectation with things should be going this way and they're not, and so therefore I get angry. The problem with that is that if, that, that we put ourselves as the deciders as to how things should be going. Right. I'm in control this. I, I dictate and determine how things should go since inevitably, in truth, I'm not actually in control of anything. Right. Other than my own choices and the way I choose to react to, to things that are thrown at me. Um, I, so inevitably, things are not going to go my way or exactly as I want them to go. Right. So the anger basically. Um, um, comes from this feeling that I am in control of everything or should be in control of everything and I should determine how everything is supposed to go. And when things don't go the way I want them to go, that's when I get angry, right? So anger is a feeling that, um, that has a place when things don't go the way they ought to go, right? Now, the reason why anger has no place in our lives is because we don't get to determine how things should go and shouldn't go, right? Does that make sense? yeah it
0: does yeah okay And so getting angry
1: means that we've lost sight of who is in charge okay right um so is there a role for anger as again if if something is is wrong and you see that it's wrong then anger might be an appropriate kind of reaction on some level might Uh, be but appropriate or inappropriate it might be an appropriate reaction or 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 feeling emotion when we can determine that what is happening is, is truly wrong, right? And, and, and should not be the way it is. But, but we again, shouldn't be
0: acting out. But,
1: but again, well, I'm not talking about how we act out on our anger. I'm talking about the feeling of anger when something is not right. Okay. Right. But, but that, what, what's right and wrong is not determined by ourselves. And the problem with our anger, and why, as I said, we should not, there's no reason for us really ever to get angry, um, is because we never really see anything purely uh, objectively. It's always subjective, and we always have our own agenda mixed into it. So there are certain things. So, for instance, if theoretically, if I was fully in line, uh, aligned with you know the divine will, right, and I everything I just want everything God wants, I despise everything God despises. Let's say in in a perfect scenario, that's the case. Well, then my anger would be justifiable when things are not the way God wants, because there's no personal agenda here, right? But that's not, it's not ever the case because there are things that God likes that I don't like. There are things that God doesn't like that I do like, right? So, and, and so therefore it's very, when we, when we see something and say, oh, th- this is wrong, it's, this is morally incorrect or whatever, generally we come to it with our own experience, right? Generally we're reacting to it not because it's, it's, it's morally wrong in an objective way, it's more because I don't like it, right? Correct. So it becomes a, a very fine line Um, between the two and we'll immediately hang our hat and say well my this is righteous indignation right i this is not about me this is about what's right and what's wrong but yeah there are other things that are going on around you that are wrong that you don't object to because you're not so offended by it so because you're not
0: personally invested you're not personally personally invested or
1: you're also not personally offended which is why the question is why why is this wrong something that offends you right that bothers Mm -hmm. you is it is it a completely altruistic reaction? And, and it, the answer is it never is. So now, that doesn't mean that we can't f- see right and wrong and that we should never determine whether something's right or wrong because we're, we're, we're always uh, you know we're always biased and subjective. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But that feeling of anger that we feel is something that we have to really hold in, in place and ask ourselves, what, where is that feeling coming from? Is it a completely altruistic feeling or is it something that's subjective? And the answer is that it's almost always subjective. And therefore, that reaction would be wrong for us, right? But to identify something and say, this is wrong, you know, so in, in other words, to, to get to it, not like in, like in an emotionally entangled way, but in a sort of uh, uh, intellectual way, and say, this is something that's, that I understand or I know to be wrong, and how do I remedy, how do I write this wrong?
0: You know, you, you say that, so that's very interesting what you say, because Warren Buffett, has a really good saying, and and I'll read it about about it. Warren Buffett says, you will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing things with logic, like what you're saying. True power is restraint. If words control you, that means everyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass.
1: Very good. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that statement. Absolutely. Look, what, what makes us special is that we're intelligent, right? Mm -hmm. Our intelligence and as human beings, our, our intellect sits at the top, you know, of our body structure. It's all the way on the top. It's not, it's not, you know, the difference between humans and animals, for instance, is animals, their mind and heart are on the same plane, right? Whereas humans, the head is above the heart, which tells us that we should be, uh, um, we we should allow our intellect, our intelligence, to do the uh, to do the leading, and not the reacting and not the responding. So when
0: so when we get angry inside, and we we realize we're angry, how do we switch it? How do we improve ourselves? So right. I, I'm angry, I'm aware of it, and I want to change it. How do I do that internally?
1: Right, so so to start with, even having this conversation is a, is a good first step, right, to, to have a conversation about this and to sort of um, intellectualize it, right, mm-hmm. and talk about it, talk through this so that we can approach it from an intellectual and intelligent uh, perspective rather than from an emotional one, right. Now, when somebody is angry, once we're in an emotional state, you, you, it's hard to get out of that state, right, so to mm-hmm. start rationalizing or intellectualizing or theorizing when you're in an emotional state, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not capable of it at that time. So when you're not angry, that's when we have to do that work. Right. So that we can have, we can, we can bring those tools that we've already sort of worked on into the moment that allows us to gain some control. Right. Because really we should always be in control. So, if, so when
0: we're, we're angry, we need to step back. And not be so no, no. emotional about the situation.
1: Well, when we're angry or whenever we're emotional and uh, experiencing any emotion or in any kind of an emotional state, we're, that's not the time to think about it, right? Or to rationalize it or to, to, you know, to, to reflect on it because we're not in that intellectual space at that moment or in an emotional space. But the oh. point is that we could have the tools that prepare us so that when we're in that space, we can behave properly, not allow ourselves to lose control. I say allow ourselves because that's what we do. We are always in control of ourselves, right? Even when we're out of control, we're in control, right? We're only out of control because we're allowing ourselves to sort of cede some control and act erratically. But but, but we all, you know, it's very rare to find an adult, um, um, you know, throwing a temper tantrum, like a two year old, right? Fall onto the floor and start kicking and screaming out in the middle of the supermarket. It's very rare to find that, right? Why is that? Because we don't, because we still have some control, right? Even when we've sort of lost control. So we just say, oh, this is an acceptable way for a mature adult to lose control. And we've normalized it, said it's acceptable, and so we behave that way. But the truth is, when we're not in that space, when we're not angry, when we're thinking about it and thinking about these ideas and how to, how to control our anger, we need to think about it and say, no, is it ever okay? Is it ever justifiable? So we have to think about that. And then if we think about it, so we've brought some intelligence um, to it, now, you know, one of the things, you know, the, the, the advantage of emotions over intelligence is that they're passionate yes. and they're exciting, right? Whereas the intellect is cold and dry and boring, right? Yes. So, so d- depending on the circumstance, you know, we like to borrow from both. We want to infuse our in- intelligence with passion and fervor and excitement, but we also sometimes want to be able to manage our emotions with the dull, bland, boring coldness of the intellect right so when if, we're, if there's a heated emotion one that is undesirable if we can bring some intellect into that that can help tame it a little bit so so we have to think about that you know somebody once uh, somebody uh, a parent once wrote to the to Lubavitcher Rebbe and he said that he uh, he has a problem He he gets he gets angry and as a parent, it happens mainly with his children. Like We, we start our conversation about when, why does somebody get angry? Well, parent, I'm in charge in this house, and my kids are acting out, they're not listening to me, so it's not going though. I'm the one who decides how things go in this house, not my kids. And when they start, uh, you know, when, when they re- rebel, suddenly, I don't know, so I get all angry, right? So, what, so So this guy, he would spank his kids, and it bothered him. It bothered him that he'd get angry, and it bothered him that in his anger, he would spank his kids. So he asked the Rebbe for, for some guidance. Well, what do I do? So the rabbi told him that not, not, not to do this when he was angry, but to do this other times, to think about his children and recognize that his children are God's gift. They're God's children, not his children. They're God's children who he entrusted to you. Would you ever dare to lay a finger on one of God's children?
0: Ooh, Ooh.
1: Right? So what, what, So that... I mean, I think of that story is, is, is really powerful because it says a lot also about how we are supposed to look at other people, even our own children. We don't own our children. We think we can own them, we control them, they're not. They're God's children, and God entrusts us. So it's a, this story is very powerful in many, in many, many ways. But what's interesting here is that he was sort of giving him uh, tools to be able to, to rein in that anger when he was going to get angry. So he wasn't saying... You know, not get to try to not get angry. That's also a process. We should take steps so that we don't get angry. Yeah, absolutely. We should there should there should be less and less things that anger us if we're if we're if we're going to internalize a proper perspective on life. So that that's the case, and we can talk about that as well. But in that space, when you're angry, if you're angry, when you know when you're angry, you lose total control. You start hitting your neighbor's kids, for instance. When you're angry, no, they're not your kids. So. So, th- so to think of, the, of, of your children the same way, and the same is true if, 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 we're s- if somebody's struggling with anger and there's a certain way they act out in that space, mm-hmm. think about the harm that's being done, think about the damage that they're allowing some, uh, themselves to do, and ask themselves in, in a moment of calm, is that acceptable behavior?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So what we say is obviously, yeah, of course it's acceptable. Well, I was angry, and it's your fault, you caused it. You got me it angry. It's justified,
0: I- and yeah.
1: But, but really, really is there ever anything that can justify that no so if we know there's
0: a there's an interesting story um about putting nails in a in a in a fence
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a father a, a a child got angry had a, lost his temper all the time and the father says every time you lose your temper i want you to nail or hammer a nail into the fence and so the 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 child did that for a week and there was nails all over the fence. Now the father said, "Okay, now when you um don't get angry over something, I think this is how the story is, you remove one of the nails." And at the end of the week there was a whole bunch of holes in the nails, and the father said, "Listen. If you notice, there's still holes in the, in the fence from your anger." So anger lingers, and you can never get rid of the damage that you've done from your anger. So that's
1: pretty Right. So so exactly. Powerful. So we can work our way backwards. In other words, think about the damage that we cause in anger, mm-hmm. right? And have mm-hmm. that, you know, have that help us as well. But so so that's that's one thing is that if we can if we can think about when is it okay to act out in anger, right? And what is a proper anger response to something, we'll be hard pressed to come up with any scenario that would that would if we're being honest, that would mm-hmm. that would be appropriate. Okay. Okay, so now even in that space of anger, take a deep breath. So you're in that, you know, you got, you got to let it out somehow, right? So rather than let it out violently or, or aggressively or verbally, wait. take a deep breath, take a step back, you breathe, and then you can approach something. In the moment of, of the rage, of the anger, while that's, while that's full blast, we shouldn't act out in any way, shape, or form right never send an email <laughs> when you're angry right because there's, there's no way it's going to come out well you have somebody said did something and you're very angry you're very angry about it and so in the moment that you're feeling most intense that's the the moment that you need to respond immediately right and that response never usually goes well right doesn't right. usually go well so take a take a step wait wait for the anger to pass and then then compose you know your response so that's always the way we should do things if if you feel that there's a situation that warrants your anger right and uh, and therefore warns a response, hold your response off till the anger dissipates, and then reassess the situation if it's still a situation that needs to be addressed, fine, address it, but address it from that spot, not from not from the from the emotional state of, of anger okay. but but again, how do we, how do we take steps to minimize the things that get us angry right so you, your quote from Warren Buffett there about um, mm-hmm. about First of all, we have to decide, we have to choose whether we want to live as, as reactionary and, and reacting to everything that happens, right? Is that how we choose to live? It, just in an emotional space? Or do we want to be intelligent, right? And and live in a more rational space and therefore think about things and, and take them in a little slower and a little less intensely, right? So that's that's one question we have to ask ourselves. If the answer is we want to live more intelligently, so then we have to think about like i said about about scenarios what causes the anger things not going my way well am i the one who gets to determine how things go the right. answer is always no
0: uh-uh.
1: right even even if i think it should be yes but but life experience should tell us teach us at this point that we have no control over how things go right
0: yeah and you know what you never get angry i've never seen you angry even at your children you're, you you and sasha, your wife are just very monotone with them, logic with them it's it's amazing to watch and a good uh, lesson for people
1: well thank you it's, it's, not yeah. an, it's not an easy thing, but by the way I'll, I'll tell you something you know there are people that you you, you know it's when I'm trying to think how, how to say this we generally don't lose control when we're in public right mm. generally not generally. always and there's certainly people that are more emotional people that struggle with 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 anger that more than others this is not a judgment of anybody but generally mo- most of the time we f- we get angry is when we feel like we're in the privacy of our own you know in a, in an intimate space right where mm. i have no problem that's that's not okay right so we have to recognize we're always first of all always in the presence of god Right, so there's always somebody watching. But the point is that, that this this idea that I can't control it is is simply not true. It's it's a it's it's a lie that we've told ourselves that allows us to keep uh, you know acting out in, in a bad way. But you know the more we do that, the harder it becomes certainly to tame and to control. There's no question. Um, but but that's that's what we have to that's what we have to work on. You know, okay. it's interesting. You look at it's appropriate, I guess, that we're talking about anger now.
0: And then we want to talk about judgment also.
1: Uh, Well, maybe we'll have to hold that off for next week. Maybe. No. Wait, we want to do it justice. Don't we?
0: Okay. If I say
1: we can't talk about it now this week, is that going to make you angry? I'm (laughs) angry. (laughs) So, So it's just appropriate, I guess that we're talking about anger now because this, this week we're recording this today is December 8th. I don't know when people are going to see this, but it's December 8th. And, um, it's uh, we're reading this week in the Torah, uh, we're reading uh, towards the end of the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph being sold by his brothers. Right. Um, so people are familiar with that biblical story. Joseph, uh, you know, Jacob's beloved son, his brothers betray him in the worst possible way. But first they want to kill him. Ultimately, they sell him. He becomes a slave in Egypt. And, and what happens is he ends up living a very tough 20 years right or, or mm-hmm. so. Um, he has a very hard life. He's a slave and then he's false. So first he's, they almost kill him. They throw him into a pit. then they sell him and he becomes a slave in a foreign land. And then he's framed for a crime he doesn't commit and gets thrown into prison. So one terrible tragedy after another keeps happening to him, right? And all perpetrated by his brothers. And eventually fast forward in a couple of weeks, we're going to read about the big reunion between Joseph and his brothers. And the brothers are certain that Joseph is going to want revenge. Right, he's going to want revenge, and yet it never happens, and they're shocked. But what does he tell them? They come, and they're all apologetic when they when he identifies himself to them, and um, and he and he says to them, "You think you did this to me? You didn't do this to me. This was all God's plan." Now, obviously, we know the story has sort of a happy ending that Joseph is down there, and then you know by divine providence, and he ends up being in a position where now he can save the whole world from a famine right? And he could save and support his father and his brothers. So, you know, there's this idea of hindsight being 2020. 20. Joseph was in a position then when he can already look back and see how all of these events, right, all worked out exactly as they needed to. We don't, we're not always afforded that. And we're talking about now reckon, you know, reacting even in the, before we see how things play out, right? Before we know that there's a happy ending. And, and sometimes there isn't a happy ending, at least not that we're aware of, right? And even in that space, so, so the truth is important to look at, yeah, when we look at Joseph at the end of the story and he's talking about, look, look, look at the situation. God set me before you so that I can take care of you. God did this. But he already had that perspective even when he didn't know how things were going to turn out. You know, this week's portion ends uh, with, with Joseph languishing in a jail, completely forgotten. You know, if there's ever a time that a person would get desperate and feel like a victim and feel like, you know, what, what's, what's, you know, and, and start to harbor that resentment, that would be the time. And yet he doesn't. He's looking for every, he, he knows that whatever situation he's in, God puts him in that situation. That God is the one in control, no, nobody else. And that nobody, and this is, this is an important point, nobody else has power over me. Nobody else has any power over me, right? So even somebody who wrongs me, even somebody who harms me, who intends to harm me, they have no control over me right? They have control over their choices. But what happens to me happens to me because that's what God wanted. Okay? Wow. So if we, okay. and, and that's, Joseph lived that way. <laughs> you know, I, I, I learned this point kind of, you know, I was a, a young yeshiva student, and I was having a hard time with, with a, a classmate of mine who was driving me absolutely crazy. <laughs> and I, it, was, it, was just, it was just driving me cr- I, it just, I, I, I It was... I was stewing sort of inside. I wasn't really reacting or acting out, but inside it was driving. And I, I, I felt like I was going to burst. So I went to talk to uh, the, uh, the, the, my, my spiritual mentor and guide in the yeshiva. And, um, and I, I still remember this conversation happened. It's already a long time ago, but I still remember, I still remember where we were sitting and exactly how the conversation went. So I, I, I just lay it all out on the table And I tell him about all my grievances and with this guy, I just can't handle it. And Anyway, his response was, you know, in Tanya, he says, he quoted the end of chapter 12 of Tanya. Maybe we'll talk about that another time, another show. But the point is exactly what we were just talking about. At the end of that chapter, he talks about Joseph's reaction to his brothers. And he says, we have to learn to take that lesson, that example. Right? So he wasn't telling me that guy's justified, you're justified, this one's right, that one's right. Saying you gotta take a page out of Joseph's playbook, right? Recognize that whatever's going on, there's a plan, God has a plan and a purpose for you, and nobody else has that control over you, right? And so therefore, what you do, you you react like Joseph. Not only do you not harbor that anger, not only do you not, let's say, retaliate or act out, but, but to the contrary, Joseph acted kindly to his brothers. Right? he helped them he he, he 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 set them up in egypt and and and, and really supported them right so he, not only did he not take revenge but he actually acted kindly towards them and that's i think that's that's an approach we have to take so a step to, to helping us curb anger or or prevent us from getting angry would be to be mindful of the fact that god runs the world we don't run the world and so therefore anything that doesn't go our way that shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't anger us because it was never. It, because we're not the ones who decide how things go anyway, right? And everything is going exactly the way God wants it to go. Okay, so that's that's something to to, to be mindful of. And another point, I think, just to summarize, like what we were talking about, is what before we get angry, to think about that idea. The, re, the our reaction when we get angry, is it ever appropriate, right? If we're taking it out on the people, we're talking about God's children. Right? Is it ever appropriate to lay a finger or to or to to to, to verbally assault one of God's children? Mm. Would you, Would you behave that way uh, with you know uh, with any you know with any person that you deem to be special and significant? And if the answer is no, so then that that allows us in that space to sort of have that moment of clarity where like oh let me let me rein this in right now. So I sit in the anger maybe, but I take a deep breath and I don't allow myself I don't allow myself the luxury to lose control right you know grant myself that permission to lose control um
0: also also if i may mention uh me personally when i'm speaking like with my husband and he says something that i'm not in agreement with i feel my anger coming up and i'm realizing that that it's about i'm making it about me and what i want But then when I don't, I I mean, I'll still get angry. But then when I hear his side of the story, I'll go, oh, my goodness, he brought up a really good point. So you're right about anger. You got to.
1: Right. But bear it down
0: puts, so you can be open to other things as well
1: absolutely well there's a lot of places that this conversation can lead us to a lot of other things um well in, in general like if god's in control why are there things that anger us or are there things that anger him i, I said maybe we can talk about philosophically we, we find it seems well, that god gets angry right so what's that about how's that appropriate right To so the But does God
0: really get angry though that's um, not what
1: i i don't think we have time to talk about it today but that's a good question <laughs> It's a worthwhile question to ask and to explore. So there are a lot of places we go with this. And, and as well, like creating that space. Like, again, anger puts me right at the center of everything and the one calling all the shots, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, everybody will trigger me. Everybody will upset me. Every, and we need to be able to think about that rationally for and realize that that's not a healthy place to live, right? In mm-hmm. that space where everything revolves around me and everything has to go my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if we can, we can chip away a little bit at that, perspective or that you know lived experience then we will find ourselves uh, being triggered by less and less things um and our anger hopefully starting to uh to if not disappear at least become more intelligent or or influenced you know informed by our intelligence which will allow us to not react you know in an inappropriate manner Right. right. And by, by what I mean by our anger being influenced by our intelligence, I don't mean that we can intellectualize our anger and rationalize. It. I'm not talking about rationalize that we do in the emotional. That's an emotional reaction when we rationalize our anger. That's not that's not what I mean. Not to rationalize it, but to have it sort of softened, you know, and dulled down a little bit by by that by by, by the perspectives that hopefully we, we we integrate into our lives.
0: Very good. Wonderful. We ran out of time already. You were right. Anchor is one, one, ish, one uh, subject in its own, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Hopefully yeah. Wendy stayed on till the end here. I and, know, uh, I but the-
0: next week we'll talk about judgment.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: That would be wonderful. It was good to see you. Thank you so much. Great
1: to see you as well. And, uh, well, either we'll do this again on zoom or we'll do it in person. Either way, it'll be exactly the way God wants it.
0: Exactly. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.